say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Hey, this is Loudon Swain. Fred Metcalf. Tony Ramos. Ryan Shute. Mike Golick. Bubba J. Johnny Hendricks. And Matthew Modine. The one and only Chael Sonnen. And you are listening to the one and only Short Time Wrestling Podcast by the often imitated and never duplicated Jason Bryant. I'm three-time national wrestling writer and broadcaster of the year, Jason Bryant, and I'll bring you news, reviews, previews, and interviews with the most notable names and personalities in wrestling. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app by logging on to matttalkonline.com slash listen and leave a review for the show at matttalkonline.com slash get short time. Short time is sponsored by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at flipswrestling.com. Now it's time, because you've always got time for Short Time. For Short Time. It's a Short Time Wrestling Podcast, episode 172, as we will recap the National Wrestling Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, That will be here in the opening segment. We will talk with Leroy Smith, the executive director of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, about the initiatives that are going on down there in Stillwater. A little bit about the weekend, which saw four members go in, uh, four members of the wrestling community go in as distinguished members, Frank Batucci, the late Greg Johnson, Sammy Henson, and Joe Gonzalez. We also had Mike Powell winning the Medal of Courage, Doc Bennett, the Order of Merit, and Mike Golick was inducted as the Outstanding American. National Wrestling Hall of Fame is one of those special places in wrestling because uh, even if you're not like a memorabilia junkie, you can walk around those walls and you just see names. You see names and Right in that initial entryway where there's the big uh, the big statue of the wrestlers, the, po- the portrait of Myron Roderick, there are some old singlets and warm-ups, and then there's like these posters of the ASICs All-America team. And as I look through those, those years, you go back to the 80s, and then you're coming into the 90s, and I'm seeing guys I went to high school with, guys I remember watching wrestle for the first time in Fargo or the Dream Team Classic or the Dapper Dan. Uh, you know, seeing kids I gave rides to the wrestling club to. I mean, there's there's a couple guys from my high school that are on those teams over the years. So point of pride there. But as I look around and you walk around and you see the champions, you see the coaches, and then you go back into the the uh, the John Vaughn area where uh, he it's it's named for John Vaughn, the late John Vaughn, who gave so much to the sport of wrestling. And you see the the officials, the distinguished members, the Order of Merit, the Outstanding Americans, the state chapters. It really is a special moment when you go back and you look at those things and you realize just the depth of the sport of wrestling. And this was a unique situation for me because I've been to the hall several times. 
Uh, I'm actually very fortunate enough to have my name on the wall at the Hall of Fame underneath the uh, Amateur Wrestling News Bob Dellinger Award, uh, the award named for the late Bob Dellinger, who basically transformed wrestling journalism back in the 60s, and he was such an integral part of not just journalism, but uh, be a, a pairing official, and he figured out all sorts of things with the Olympics and knew when certain countries who shall remain nameless were throwing matches and was able to alert the uh, powers that be to those sorts of situations. So the uh, Bob Dellinger's name deeply rooted in wrestling journalism. So I have a lot of respect for Mantle, even though I never had the opportunity to meet him. But uh, as you look at the Hall of Fame, and as I said, it was unique. I, I rode down or drove down with my wife, my daughter, and uh, actually got to bring my niece and nephew from uh, from my wife, Abby's side, which was kind of confusing because my wife's older sister, Melissa, married a Bryant, no relation. So I was down there, and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, Preston and Ashley. They both have their both last names, Bryant. So I'm explaining it to Kyle Klingman, and he was confused. He goes, these are yours. No, no, they're not on my side. They're on my wife's side, which, yeah, go figure. It's, it's kind of funky like that. So had an opportunity to really expose them to the sport of wrestling a little bit. And, you know, they got to see what their uncle did kind of for a living. It's one of these things. It's like, okay, you do what, who are you dealing with? So they they got to meet Olympians. Uh, Preston was, was thrilled to meet Mike Golick. And uh, of course, Preston's 14. And it, it was just kind of cool to see him just standing next to this behemoth of a human being. That is Mike Golick. I mean, he's, he's obviously not as thick as he used to be when he was on the defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's still pretty tall. And interesting to see him take pictures, uh, Golick, that is, with Tim Vanny, who's uh, just a shade over five foot tall, you know, a multiple-time Olympian. And uh, I got a chance to, and thanks to Taylor Miller, the sports information director at Oklahoma State, for getting uh, getting my family and I down on the uh, the football field at Boone's Pickens Stadium. So uh, Ashley and Preston did a little foot race, 100-yard dash style there on the turf, um, and then throwing their hands up in the end zone. So it was good. We got to see the basketball court and, of course, the wrestling facility and then toting around my daughter. And then there's a picture of my daughter at the, in the cowboy wrestling room. And then she walked in, you know, Karen was like, Oh, there's, Hey, there's Chris. Can say hi to Chris. And it was Chris Perry. And then uh, Coleman Scott, Olympic bronze medalist there and John Smith. So they were just getting done with practice and a couple of cowboy wrestlers, but you know, it's one of those things where it was really cool. You know, I've been to the honors weekend before and, and to be able to share that with my family or my wife had come down for the first time. She had been, at the Greco-Roman Hall of uh, Champions induction ceremony with me last October. And uh, that was really, uh, you know, our first banquet type of thing with wrestling. But when we got to the the banquet on Saturday night to honor the distinguished members and the award winners and the, and the High School Excellence Award named after Dave Schultz and Tricia Saunders, I mean, it was just one of those cool things. And what was interesting is I'm sitting down at the table, and uh, i got to give Tiffany Clark of the Hall of Fame some props because – Past couple of years, I've been stuck in the back, and uh, I had a pretty good table this year. So it was my wife and I, and uh, at the table were Archie Randall and C.J. Campbell, the new assistant at Oklahoma City University, uh, one of Randall's incoming wrestlers, Becca Leathers, who's from down the road in Choctaw, Oklahoma, Emily Webster, a four-time Women's Collegiate Wrestling Association champion, and her parents were also at the table. An interesting note that this kind of flew under the radar is Emily Webster won four Women's Collegiate Wrestling Association Championships and is the first to have gone undefeated while doing it in collegiate competition. Now, what's interesting is the WCWA has had two other four-time champions, but not undefeated in college competition. So uh, props to Emily Webster there, and I got a chance to talk to her parents a bit, and and Becca Leathers, which was interesting. I was sitting across the table from her, and I didn't recognize her because, quite frankly, I see most of these athletes, when, uh, especially the women, when they're wrestling, 
in, in a singlet and headgear. So it's not like it's, it's, you know, the guys tend to look the same, whether they're dressed up or whether they're, uh, they're in a singlet on the mat and, and the women, they actually clean up better than, than us men do. So uh, I had a chance to uh, talk with her about her career a little bit and, and basically enjoy the program uh, with, uh, with my family there, which was, which was really nice, really nice. So it's something that doesn't happen a whole lot because uh, with the travel, there's not a whole lot of time for the family to spend together, but we were, went up to the, uh, the, the country club there, the wife and the kids were over in the pool. I lost some money again to Alan Rice. You know, it was a joke. I was joking about Alan Rice taking my money at the Greco-Roman Hall of Champions back in October. But, man, he beat me. I had a king-high flush, and he was holding the ace. And just, ah, uh, once he pushed it in, I was like, you've got the ace, don't you? And he looks at me and goes, yes, I sure do. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty much going to be the end of my day. The only thing is that was worse than that was Al Olson, also from up here in Minnesota. He had a king high flush, and he got beat on a full house. So, yeah, bad day for uh, at least two of the three Minnesotans at that table. But uh, good times there at the golf tournament. And uh, now here's our conversation with Leroy Smith, the executive director, again, of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Talks a little bit about the weekend. We recorded this on Saturday before the Saturday night festivities. So if your timeline seems a little out of sync, that's kind of what it is. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame legend series that uh, Matt Talk and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame have jumped in together working with. Uh, Actually, last weekend I was up in Fort Collins, Colorado, interviewing Stanley Henson. He's the oldest living NCAA wrestling champion. He's 98 years old, won the championships in 1937, 38, and 39. And uh, Dr. Yes, Dr. Henson, who uh, did a lot of surgeries and changed the lives of a lot of people, will be part of that Hall of Fame legend series. And uh, that's part of the things that we're crowdfunding here for is you, uh, we're raising some money. We're not going to do this the conventional way. We're actually going to ask for the wrestling community to, you know, hey, this is for the Hall of Fame. Anything that comes in, to the Mad Talk Podcast Network for this initiative is donated to the National Wrestling Hall of Fame as part of their digital outreach. So uh, years down the line, when we get these things all figured out with how they're going to portray the uh, the digital museum, the moving museum and things like that, the mobile museum, uh, these podcasts will actually serve as a digital medium that, uh, you know, kind of those things where you put the headphones over at that, like the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame and things of that where you hear stories about people. Well, these are going to be these stories heard from the athletes, coaches, distinguished members, orders of merit uh, themselves. So uh, in order to do this, it's going to involve some travel. It's going to involve some fundraising a little bit, and that's where you come in because if you like these shows, and I hope you do because I love uh, promoting these shows and promoting the sport of wrestling and, and giving them to you, whether it be this one short time or whether it be my team shows or the World Wrestling Resource or the Virginia Wrestling Roundup or whatever, you know, it's one of these things the podcasting medium has taken off. It's not new. It's just something that's uh, – and it's not had a revival. It never has gone anywhere. It's just more people are finding out about it. In case you've got an iOS device, guess what, folks? That podcast app, look at your phone. It's there. You can't delete it. Might as well use it. But uh, if you're interested in contributing to the Hall of Fame Legends series, go to halloffamelegends.org or matttalkonline.com slash contribute. And to do that, you can give a one-time donation, or you can uh, give s- several small donations. We've got some perks, including one of those perks, if, you, if you're hitting the right uh, contribution level. You can be a co-host on the show, so uh, we'll, we'll figure out uh, exactly who you want to be uh, interviewing with, and we can bring you on. Um, so a uh, big, big shout-out to, to Wayne Tamala out there, who uh, who's become the most recent contributor, uh, joining Rob Laramore, Arthur Keehan, Tom Devine, John Illingworth, Corey Finneran, Troy Heinrichs, Nick Suberling, Bob Zerl, and Tim Johnson. 
So a uh, big thanks to all of you guys there. So looking for our first uh, female contributor. Maybe talk a little bit more about women's wrestling. We can entice that to happen. But, uh, again, good Hall of Fame weekend down in Stillwater. And, and so here's the chance to talk with Leroy Smith. He's going to fill us in on uh, what we were doing down there, what's going on in the future. And uh, we've got a big week coming up. World Team Trials will be the end of the week as we record this here on June the 8th. But uh, check it out. A lot of fun down there in Stillwater. Here at Honors Weekend, National Wrestling Hall of Fame down in Stillwater, Oklahoma, with Leroy Smith, Executive Director of this fine facility, and wrapping up some Saturday festivities, the golf tournament. I uh, understand your team came in second, Leroy, and, and you're, you're going to maybe protest that decision? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I don't think it'll go anywhere, so uh, I'll just have to live with a second place, but... Of course, you had Wes Graff, you had Rich Bender, and, and, and Mike Golick on your team. So how does Mike hit him? Uh, Mike actually plays better than he says he plays. Uh, so he plays more than I believe he says he does, is my point. Uh, he, he's not a bad player. He swings a pretty good club. That's one thing. I remember when I got involved in wrestling when I when I first joined the NWCA back in 2005, the first thing I did with my first paycheck was buy a set of golf clubs because wrestling people throw golf tournaments everywhere for fundraisers. What is it about wrestling and golf that's just so addictive? I, I don't know other than, you know. Is it the beer cart? Is, is it the beer? I think it's just getting outdoors. I think a lot of wrestling people are outdoors type people. I think they like the nature, being in, 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 in that, this environment and – in, in the outdoors, uh, and, and using your body, you, you know, it's not that it's necessarily, it, it can be a physical sport, particularly the more you play, because you do really rotate a lot. And, uh, you know, usually wrestlers hips and their flexibility is pretty good. So, uh, until they get older and uh, of course, uh, uh, but generally then you're hopefully, you know, it takes a so long to learn to play. So, I don't know that there's that many wrestlers that really like to play golf. Uh, when you probably looked at it, is it, you know, half the population, it's probably very few uh, of the wrestling population that really plays golf. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, you know, between you and me, I think uh, uh, especially good, but that's probably true in gol- golfers anywhere. They get you got to play a lot to get good at it. Hey, don't, don't let Kevin Dresser – play yeah because he's uh he's 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 deceptively good as well because you know you know don't don't oh yeah i'll hit him a couple no no kevin dresser virginia tech coach yeah he'll play but uh, as we talk about this weekend 2015 induction class we have joe gonzalez goes in the late greg johnson frank batucci is uh you know he's not here going in and sammy henson going in. what do you think about the distinguished members that are going in this year's class and and how they stack up obviously if you're you're a distinguished member you've got credentials upon credentials not just on the wrestling map, but it goes everything that goes along with it. I mean, how pleased are you with this year's class? Well, I, I don't really like to compare classes because that's not fair to to any class, and it, they all carry their own merits. and And uh, this is another unique, uh, fantastic group of uh, individuals. Uh, this thirty ninth class uh, of honorees, and they. Uh, you know, they, they we've got what three three lightweights on the wrestling side this year that are going in, which is kind of, you know, it, it's funny how each class will take on a, a a little 
you know, different characteristics. But I think that's one of uh, this year's characteristics as far as the wrestling goes in that uh, we have three lightweights and uh, Greg Johnson uh, being the oldest. And he was the uh, one of the things about Greg that's interesting is he was the first uh, three-time NCAA champion in, from the Big Ten Conference. And that wasn't that long ago. That's You're talking early 1970s. Uh, there wasn't a three-timer before that. And that tells you that conference is a fairly young conference uh, when it comes to producing highly credentialed collegiate, you know, national champions, um, uh, which I thought was unusual until I saw the stats on it. Um, <clears throat> also, Joe Gonzalez, another lightweight uh, guy that was just uh, – uh, you, know, you talk about two contrasting styles. Uh, Johnson liked low scores and would win low-scoring matches and keep them low-scoring. Uh, Gonzalez was just the opposite. But you're talking about an era that in the 80s, late 70s through the 80s, where you could beat people by 30, 40 points if you could score that many. Well, he could. He could – he was a takedown machine. He was always in motion. He was never – he really didn't like to get down on the mat and, you know, he'd take it down and let you up. And if he could take it down and turn you quickly off his takedown, he'd do that. He had tur leg turks and things like that that he could transition into. And then we have uh, the other lightweight that's coming in the hall, of course, is uh, Sammy Henson. And, um, uh, and then we have a big guy. Uh, who, who wrestled on the on the upper weight end, and that's Frank Batucci. And uh, Frank, of course, is not going to be able to be here with us uh, because of his health situation. And they're celebrating the Cornell. Uh, they're celebrating his induction tonight at the same time of our banquet with uh, a lot of his uh, a lot of alumni, wrestling alumni from uh, Cornell University, including Coach uh, Cole, Rob Cole will be at his residence and um, uh, at the same time that we're inducting him here. And uh, so that's kind of special and different. Uh, Greg Johnson, of course, had passed away uh, over a decade ago. Uh, he's been gone for, for uh, you know, many years now. Uh, he died at a young age in his early 50s uh, from a brain tumor. So uh, he won't be here with us. But those are distinguished members. Um, as far as order of merit, uh, we have Doc Bennett, who's uh, helped advance the sport, particularly through technology. Although he kind of blended it with a whole with a coaching career that yeah. that's kind of it's just all intermixed in there with him. But really, the order of merit is about his contributions to coaches' education, to athlete education through video. Uh, and and he helped produce a lot of shows uh, that have been produced on wrestling. Um, the Mike Powell is Medal of Courage, or a great high school coach that uh, you know achieved those goals that he achieved as a high school coach is while uh, living through an immune deficiency disease that could have could have taken his life, didn't came close. Uh, worked through it, will always have to battle with it the rest of his life. But it's the way he did it and the way he taught, you know, the, the, the way he handled and managed it 
uh, has really inspired a lot of young people. Uh, not only does his coaching style inspire you to success because he's a great coach and a great winning coach. Uh, he teaches kids how to win. And, uh, uh, but he did so fighting this illness in a, in a very uh, uh, classy way. I mean, it, you know, he just got up every day, put one foot in front of the other, and even though he felt bad and looked bad, you know, you just you just keep on pushing through things. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm trying official Kenny Ritchie, another right, o- down, the road. right down the road. We've had a, a string of college officials that, and of course, we have these different committees for all of these categories, and. Uh, they're from all over the country, so the you know the, the Hall of Fame is very takes that part of its work very seriously. The the uh, committees do that select these individuals, and and uh, uh, and the reason I say that is because we've had a few several Oklahomans win in the last five years, uh, and these these committees that are made up of people outside of the state of Oklahoma all over the country, and particularly the officials committee. And, and uh, I'm trying to get them to take a, a hard look at not selecting a, Oklahomans back-to-back-to-back. And, and uh, yeah, and, and they're telling me, but they're the best. They're the best we have. And, and uh, just, we, we, I'm, I'm uh, you know, with uh, – Richie and Fitzgerald and uh, being back-to-back. And, of course, when they get, you know, they're in the finals every year of the Division One on the mat with the tough matches, and they get the call. You know, they're not they, – they want officials out there that will not stand out. You know, they'll kind of hopefully just call a match where they're not noticed. Uh, but uh, they, they're that good. They do – they usually get it right. They usually get it right more times than not. And – uh, that's why I'm sure he's in. The, why he's getting in the Hall of Fame because he does a good job. He, he, uh, he, 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 he and when matches turn to a point where coaches argue, uh, people get frustrated. They're not sure. They're upset. They're he, he, he really can calm the situation down like no other official I've seen. And what's interesting about the officials, it's not just for collegiate officials. I mean, Jerry Coons went in. He's had a long freestyling Greco-Roman career. So it's not just, uh, you know, one officials association deciding for the college folk style officials. This is, you know, folk style, freestyle Greco, you know, the, the whole officials segment of it. And, you know, that's, that's a relatively – it's compared to, like, the distinguished members, there's awards that have been new. And, and the officials have been around for, what, 25 years at this point. And that's still one of those things that people look at and be like – well, why? But with, without the referee blowing the whistle, there is no match. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, they're, they're an integral part of the sport. There's no doubt about it. And um, Who wants that job, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I'll never forget hearing about when they brought that category on to recognize. Uh, there were a lot of jokes made about it, as you can imagine. But it's really, as you say, you know, they are an integral part of our sport, and and the less controversy we have, the better the better our sport is, and we need good officials because they're the ones that keep the controversy out of it. They find a you know they find a way to to uh, 
Um, well, they, they obviously they're they're good. They're fair. They uh, uh, they they don't you know they they just go out there and call call the match the way they see it. And, and um, uh, he certainly fits that bill. As we look at the future of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, September, there's going to be some construction going on. There's a campaign right now to raise money to, to help with these renovations. What, what are some of the newsworthy things that, uh, you know, the wrestling community needs to be aware of with what's going on with the Hall of Fame, the timelines, how much money needs to be raised, that type of thing? I mean, let's, let's talk about some of these capital campaigns. Well, the capital campaign has uh, its roots probably 10 years ago, be to be honest with you, we've been master planning and strategic planning dates back to 2005, and and then we took on the Dan Gable Museum in 2010 after we had decided we're going to do a renovation on the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. So that we took on another initiative because after a, a few years of 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 uh, our, the asset purchase of that uh, museum, uh, we then wanted to improve some things there too as well as and so we've been raising money now for four to five years uh we're uh just we're about three hundred thousand shy of what we need to fill us finish off our phase two we've just completed phase one of the national wrestling hall of fame which was uh renovating the uh putting on a new roof new hvac units that's heat and air units uh, install, putting on a new f- uh, front uh, entranceway, expanding it, uh, some walkways, some uh, we're doing some landscaping out front right now. Uh, we'll do some more things out front, minor things uh, with a parking lot and 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 whatnot. Uh, but uh, the major funding, uh, 2.5 million, will go to the interior. And that's the visitor experience. That's also a platform. Uh, for what we think we need technology-wise to help us uh, outreach better, to take things to, you know, be it uh, through through uh, the website, through online tools and, and equipment, to uh, exhibits that can go around the country as well. So uh, uh, it's, and much of what we do here will set a tone for what we'll duplicate up in Waterloo at the Dan Gable Museum. Uh, we'll be able to duplicate uh, a lot of that there as well. And in our mobile exhibit that we put on the road uh, in the future. So very excited about those initiatives and and the fact that this one is finally you know, we're able to, to launch it to get phase one done and, and in phase two starts in the fall. We'll be moving out of our offices and actually closing the National Wrestling Hall of Fame down in September. And that will probably be closed until about Mar- May of 2016. And then we'll, uh, the 2016 Honors Weekend will be the 40th anniversary and a great time to open a new Hall of Fame and Museum uh, for the public and for the honor. For those that we enshrine, uh, we'll have a new home. And uh, we're very excited about that. And what all that means is not just, you know, refreshing and rebuilding, and uh, but it's really a new way for us to help tell the story of the sport of wrestling's heritage and and how we honor our, our heroes. Uh, we know that 
that we need we need to be reaching a lot more people uh, we, we, and we have to depend on media tools and 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 equipment and communication and talent uh, people like you in the industry that that uh, in business that uh, can can get our messages out there we've got great stories to tell in this sport and we need to uh, uh, you know everyone we induct is a great story uh, they're the best of the best and they, and they have a wonderful story and and uh, uh, and then when we, we can take these moments and these teams and these families and things like the Peary family that we're, we're recognizing with an exhibit this weekend, the nine for nine, what a great story. And when you dig into it and find out more about them, you're fascinated by their, their makeup and, and who they were on the mat and off the mat. Uh, they have uh, a great story and they, can, they should, you know, it should inspire others that uh, they can go on and achieve great things in wrestling and great things out, off the mat. You know, we didn't talk about the All-American Mike Golick being here, or uh, Outstanding American Mike Golick. Uh, he was the one I left off that, that when I mentioned it, who were inducting in the class of 2015 tonight. But uh, Mike Golick was uh, from a wrestling family. His brother Bob was a two-time All-American at Notre Dame uh, uh, Bob was a better wrestler, but Mike really credits wrestling with uh, having helped him excel in football. And he went on to an outstanding football career and an outstanding career in broadcast and, and media, um, you know, as a uh, post-career, post-football career, as he's into now with the Mike and Mike show on ESPN. Um, and, and he always speaks so highly about what wrestling can do for you and what it has done for him. Now, when you talk about the renovations in Capitol Campaign, of course, Golick, we, we met him first last year. He was on the show with uh, uh, last year at the Gable Museum as part of the Dan Gable Celebrity Golf Tournament. And that's, that's, I actually get to the Gable Museum more than I get down to uh, here in Stillwater just because of proximity. It's a four-hour. Actually, coincidentally enough, it's pretty much off 35, both museums. So if you head south down 35 out of the Twin Cities, you're going to run into both the Cable Museum and you Stillwater. A little bit, little little bit of a, a jut out to Waverly. But, uh, but yeah, but, well, as we sit there and we look, and, you know, so much of a Hall of Fame, they talk about the plaques and the awards. And when I look at it, and it's more than just wall space, although there is so I mean, even at the Gable Museum in the basement, there's so much stuff that can't be displayed just because of wall space. I can only imagine the stuff that's not on display. And if you've ever been here in Stillwater, I enjoy the library the most because I think the biggest thing that people came in and looked at on Friday when we were sitting here doing interviews and, and getting ready for this weekend, people would go right to the stacks and pull out the old amateur wrestling newses. And that to me, that's like one of the biggest draws of this thing because – you know, you see people from all just like Dan Zottarelli sitting there going, yeah, here's my name from 1967. I mean, people, they're looking for those things. And that library has got, uh, folks, every wrestling publication you can think of is here. I mean, there's the North Carolina Matt News. you got things that were one year. Gary Abbott's uh, Wrestling Masters with Carl Adams is every, every edition's in there. So I love the library, you know, being a journalist. But it's so much about more than just wall space and exhibits, although it, it really is cool for people to go in there and see the singlets of Olympic and world champions, see the singlet of Larry Owings, see the, uh, see the jacket of Sonny Greenhall for the New York Athletic Club. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just about memorabilia here. Well, it is, uh, and you're right. It, we, we, we have such a wonderful collection, and we owe it to so many people uh, that 
had that vision and 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 had that um, uh, had that initiative to go out and help start collecting all of what's it, what the Hall of Fame has to offer now. Well, and uh, if you know about wrestling people, we don't collect things on purpose. We just accumulate them over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and and what the new museum uh, designers and uh, you know tell, will tell you is that you can over you can overwhelm most people that come in there. It's just too much for them to take in. It's not for you. It's not for me because we understand it. We know it. We're aware of all this history. They're just like, wow, can't believe all the stuff. And it's too much. And so we'll have less of that in the future, but we'll rotate it so that, and we'll take it on the road, some of it, more of it on the road as part of uh, exhibits that can be shared and stories that can be told with the, with the memorabilia, with the artifacts. Now, as it relates to the library and that kind of, that, that, those kind of documents, it all gets digitized in the new, uh, in this renovation, in this uh, upgrade uh, effort uh, that we're going through. Uh, you digitize everything nowadays and uh, uh, make it available. Uh, at least you can make it available online. Um, I don't know how much of it we would or will. But uh, it, it's certainly uh, appreciated by people like yourself that do know the sport and particularly people that want to do some research. Um, you know, you, you have to be that for the wrestling community. But for most people that are coming in, uh, they're not – they're not – they just want to get the eras and they want to get, for example, by decades or – uh, and, and, and they want to kind of uh, be able to uh, focus on a few things, not as much as we have now. So that, that'll that be a big transition for our wrestling community uh, in, in, our, in our new renovation. Uh, what, what, what I like about the Dan Gable Museum and that we'll have a little bit more of in this renovation is space. Uh, to do special events. I mean, you got to be able to get people in here. You got to be able to get them in and, and uh, make them feel like they're in a, a wrestling uh, facility, even uh, where they have a wrestling room in Waterloo at the Dan Gable Museum. We'll have something similar, but it won't really be a wrestling room, but it'll portray an image of a mat. So at least you can get that, you can f- feel like you're in the middle of a mat. And uh, that's where you want them. You want people to get a sense of what wrestling's all about. Put them, put them on a mat, and uh, uh, certainly young people. So we're excited about what we're going to be able the the experience and the interactiveness that they're going to be able to enjoy and learn to appreciate and and get a better understanding of what wrestling's all about. And you really can if you don't. You know, hey, I've got to be able to react this way or squeeze my squeeze strength has to be at a certain minimum uh, to be able to control somebody. And, and this is what Danny Hodges strength level, but is, but where do I rate compared to that? Uh, You know, so those are the kinds of interactive things that it it puts you in the middle of a mat as an official and say, you call the match in a tough situation and, and, and see how you score. 
yeah, I don't. I, I spent one year as a youth official just to understand how it was like. Never again. And I'm thinking maybe you can add an apple tree outside to see can you actually take the Dan Hodge test? Who can break an apple? Eh, it's just just a thought. But I don't think you don't. I don't see you as an orchard type of guy. You're a wrestling type of guy. But, but that's exactly what we're going through right now. We're going uh, the next several months. We'll be uh, doing a a focus on with the design and build people on the content and and what how it is we're going to tell these stories how are we going to engage people in 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 what's going to be the 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 topics the areas of interest the objectives of of uh of that experience and and uh, so it's we're in the nitty-gritty phase right now of uh uh creating that experience that we want to have impact. We want people, they have to understand why uh, wrestling is important to society. Um, we, we, we do. We have that obligation as a, as a Hall of Fame and Museum, our board of directors. Uh, that's one of our primary roles. We always say we, we're preserving history and we're recognizing excellence. Those are two big functions, but we're doing it to inspire future generations. And that's what everybody in our sport needs. You, you know, uh, our schools need it. Our coaches want it from us. Uh, that's how we can help the sport. Uh, we're not doing their jobs. We are doing what they need us to do to help them and, uh, and help our sport. But our sport needs to, uh, be able to show society. It's the value, uh, the impact, uh, why it makes a difference in people's lives. What is it about wrestling that uh, that's a easy for me and you to understand and tell, but they don't get it and they don't understand how many lives the sport makes a difference uh in and now we're not just talking about boys it's girls it's a sport for girls too and look out because when these girls learn the same thing that boys have for the past hundred years in this country and become the leaders they've become the the males what do you think is going to happen when the women get those characteristics, when they get the discipline, when they get uh, the work ethic and, and everything that, that the boys have been able to derive and benefit from, from a value standpoint? We're going to have, have some great leaders and have some great, great citizens. As far as the capital campaign, you can donate at National Rest, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame website, National. It's in, okay, let's see, National, in, W-H-O-F dot org. I've got to get my acronym set. But in the time we've got left, I've got, uh, we're, we're about to set to go to the banquet. You listen to this on Tuesday, but we're here on Saturday, is an initiative that we're joining uh, forces on, something with the Mad Talk Podcast Network. And this is about the storytelling that you were talking about. And uh, if you're listening to the show short time, of course you're listening to the show. That's what you're hearing it on. This show is a podcast format, and it's deliverable, it's portable, wherever you want to go. So uh, I called Leroy a couple months ago, said I had this idea, and it's, uh, you know, it's a crowdfunded type of idea. So much like the Capital Campaign with Hall of Fame, uh, the, you can fund a legend show, which is basically we'll go around, we'll interview distinguished members, order of merit, get their stories documented. And, folks, it won't just be in the way you're listening to this show right now. It'll be part of the digital outreach program where – when they get everything figured out, it's like, okay, I want to hear what Dr. Stanley Henson, who's 98 years old right now, the oldest living NCAA champion, 1937, 38, and 39. And I talked to him last weekend, Leroy. I got him up in Fort Collins, Colorado. So you'll be able to hear the stories of guys like Stanley Henson and Dan Hodge and Dan Gable. 
in their own words when you press play. So you'll, you'll be able to hear it on your own device, but when you come out here to the Hall of Fame, it's like one of those things where you put the headphones on at the Professional Football Wrestling Hall of Fame and you hear a story. And, and Leroy, this is, it's an interesting way we're going about it. We're going to crowdfunding. Uh, it's almost fundraising, but it's basically the wrestling community is saying, hey, we want, you know, you're here, you love great stories. And this is, this is actually a donation from my company to the Hall of Fame. So, uh, Leroy, about the project a little bit, I mean, podcasting is, is kind of new to a lot of people, but uh, this is something I feel that we're, we're both going to benefit from. Hey, you're, you're right on, and, and that's what excited me about your proposal to, to do this for us is that uh, uh, I know we need to be in, in all channels of communication. And we know there are people out there that like to, to, to get their information from a variety of sources, and this is one of them that you're going to be able to provide. And, and it's going to be rich content. It's going to be talking to those that really, ha- you know, really trailblazers. I mean, these are the best of the best. And it's not just their stories. And, and you know, these people, these people change America. I mean, if you don't think that, that – uh, you know, Danny Hodge went on and and did many other things in his life that a lot of people just look up to, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's boxing, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, and, and Dan Gable, for example. He, he not only broke thresholds uh, in wrestling, he taught him, he taught sports how to be mentally tougher he taught them how how he taught how to take training to a a higher degree he brought weightlifting in at a time where it was just seasonal to to year round and during season i mean there's many other uh uh whether it's from a a science area or a, a health area or uh you know, the, the, these guys, uh, they've got fascinating lives, and, and they've made a difference. And they make contributions to our, to our communities and to, our, to, to young people because of their, their uh, example. And uh, so I'm very excited about this project and about what you're going to be able to do. Talked about Stanley Henson. He was, he was a trailblazer for sports medicine. He, you know, he, and he knew because he was a great wrestler and it helped him understand the body more. It helped him understand performance more, but, but how to get you ready quicker so you could recover, how to do surgery better so that you could, you know, there's just, uh, there, what a great example that man is. He go, you know, he medicine, he made a difference in medicine in this country. Uh, and anybody that knows his history knows that he was a big part of advancing sports medicine in all sport. Been talking with Leroy Smith, the executive director of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame here at the 39th Honors Weekend in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You can find out more information on contributing and crowdfunding the Legends Series, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. It's called Legends, the Legends Series. It'll be on iTunes, and when we get the, the funding for it, you can go to halloffamelegends.org and contribute there with a one-time donation or a small monthly donation. So, hey, you know, it's not like we need a ton of people giving a ton of money. No, just a little, little here and there. And if you've got a little bit of extra income, hey, hey there's that capital campaign. We're both going to benefit from this, right? So, uh... <laughs> And wrestling will benefit from it. I mean, the sport of wrestling will benefit from it because uh, we're, 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 we're telling the benefits and values of this sport. And people that care about this wrestle, sport of wrestling need to understand that we've got to be out there in all channels of communication today. 
Lever Smith, thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. The Short Time Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at flipswrestling.com. Like what you hear on Short Time? Drop us a rating and a review on iTunes by going to matttalkonline.com slash Time. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.